following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Danny Sarek, and Kyle Yeomans. Welcome into a brand new edition of Talking Cowboys here on a beautiful Tuesday morning. And we are live from our respective SWBC Mortgage Studios, remote yet again, showing off the social distancing in a crazy time. But of course, thanks to the hard work of guys like Matt Kent and Derek Eagleton, Chris Beam, Scott Purcell, we are able to bring you a little bit of Talking Cowboys throughout the week. I'm Kyle Yeomans, alongside Heckma Harrison and Danny Sarek. We will have Rob Phillips joining us here in just a couple of moments, but it's just the three musketeers at the moment <laughs> holding down the fort uh, for Talking Cowboys, but Rob will be here here in just a couple of moments. And guys, uh, it's like I've said before, it's kind of the new norm being re- remote, but it, it's getting to that point where you're either settling in or you're kind of driving yourself nuts a little bit in quarantine. Heckma, if you had any hair at all, would you be pulling it out right now or are you doing okay down there? Oh no. my gosh, Kyle! <laughs> he, no, no, you, you see that, Danny? See, he's coming out firing. And I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. But he's, he's on the struggle bus because he can't go to the barber. Yeah. So no, man, it, it is. Uh, I'm having. I tell you what, this is my appreciation. Uh, I want to make sure that I say this. All teachers in the United States of America, you guys need a raise. All right, because this homeschooling is. Woo! I mean, I'm taking fourth grade all over again, sixth grade all over again. It is amazing. Uh, having to do this you guys put up with so much i mean my nine-year-old i asked her the other day i said how'd you get your answer and she just said because (laughs) 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 because you know and so i was like what do you do with that you know there's nothing else but it, it is man this this quarantine life is bizarre but you know my wife and i we have spend a lot of time together just talking about how you know this is good for for our family unit and just being together 25 8 is a new reality just to be yeah. around each other i mean i've been married for almost 20 years i don't think i've spent this much time with my wife in the whole time <laughs> we've been married but it's hey man it, it's 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 really good it's really cool danny how's it going on your corner it's good. I'm uh, finishing up actually on week four of quarantine. Uh, wow. I was quarantined for about two weeks for everyone else because I was actually in Europe when all this kind of started. Um, so I am at my parents' house, and so because of me, they have also been quarantined. But thankfully, we all have our own room, so we're able to have some space. And, you know, I love my parents, and I'm sure my dad's watching right now, so I can't say anything <laughs> other than that. Uh, no, that's the truth. Uh, no, it's been really nice, like, to not, you know, not be alone and, and have other people to talk with. So I'm just trying to go outside in my backyard and play with my dogs and get some fresh air when I can and try and stay moving. No doubt about it. And hopefully we're giving everyone out there that is staying safe, staying in their homes, a little bit of a distraction, and continuing to talk about this NFL offseason that's been 
really kind of a big question mark overall. You talk about the Cowboys specifically or the league in general, you could put it under both um, under that umbrella. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the offseason decisions that will be popping up for the NFL as a league, but we're going to talk about the Cowboys as well. We're going to talk about Des Bryant and Dak Prescott and what they've got to do uh, or what they've been working out and, and also uh, maybe even get a little bit into Rex Ryan. But first things first here on this edition of Talking Cowboys, we had the announcement yesterday of the all-decade team from the 2010s, and there were two Dallas Cowboys selected for the all-decade team, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, both on that offensive line. You talk about some of the most consistent players really throughout the course of their career that we've seen in Cowboys history. I mean, Smith, you you talk about seven straight Pro Bowls, four-time All-Pro, most appearances by an offensive tackle in franchise history, and then you've got Zach Martin who literally has never not been an all pro since he was drafted in 2014 so i'll open up the question and danny we'll start with you where do this where does this put these two individuals now their careers aren't done yet and there's still a long way to go seemingly for both of them whether it's in a cowboys uniform or not they've still got some career left but where does this rank them in terms of offensive linemen in cowboys history I think this just solidifies what a lot of cowboys fans already think about these two um This, I think, is just more maybe for non-Cowboys fans just to see how consistent and how powerful they have been throughout an entire decade at this point. And so I think that Cowboys fans who have been watching this offensive line scene, Tyron Smith, seeing Zach Martin, are not surprised by this because they've seen how well they have performed day in and day out and fighting through injuries. I think the only thing that uh, is... A little sad about this is not seeing Travis Frederick's name on there because it's really been the three of them this entire way. And, he, and you know, he's been there literally in between the two of them. And so that's probably the only thing that makes me a little sad about seeing those two offensive linemen on this list is not seeing that third. Yeah, man. Yeah, the production for both of these guys. I mean, Tyron Smith seems like he's been on this team forever. I mean, he's been with the Cowboys for quite uh, some time, but has been the, you know, consistent and seeing, you know, the later he gets in his career, uh, just still playing at a peak level uh, is really impressive. Zach Martin, I mean, every word that describes a dominating force goes under Zach Martin and what he's done for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I mean, he's a throwback. He's a throwback. He could have played in any era of football just because of the way uh, that he plays. And, I mean, there are a lot of questions. People talk about the all-decade team, but just how do these guys fit overall in just the, you know, the, the lineage of offensive linemen that have played this game. And so that's a, it says a lot about what they've done. But again, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and and I agree with you, Danny, to not see Travis Frederick's name associated with this is kind of bittersweet because you know that he's played at a high level also. So I don't know what the the criteria was for it, uh, but, you know, Travis Frederick definitely should have been uh, on this list as well. Yeah, and it's it, there are a lot of great centers that have played over the, the past 10 years or over the past decade. And it's really it's not a surprise to not see his name on there but you kind of also had that hope out there as well but that also brings me to the question of is did they get it right should there have been anybody else on that list or anybody even in the conversation I heard somebody talk about Jason Witten I know Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski were as dominant as any tight ends that you've seen 
over the past decade. So I don't know if even Witten would have been in that conversation. But overall, just on the team in general, is there anybody that was left off that you didn't necessarily think should have been? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Jason Witten. That was the name that I was thinking about. Jason Witten and just how consistent he's been um, over his career. And I think what happens with Jason Witten is he isn't as flashy as Gronkowski or Kelsey or guys like that simply because, like I said, he's just been consistent this whole time through uh, these, you know, quarterbacks, that the, the Cowboy quarterbacks. And so I, I just really – I really believe that he was a name that was left off. And you talk about his yardage and being up there with the uh, Tony Gonzalez's and, you know, he just he deserved to be on that all decade list. And again, I don't know what the criteria was, but Jason Witten is a name that definitely should have been there. I agree with you there. And, and not only that, but also the touchdowns. He fell, what, one short of Des Bryant's receiving touchdown franchise record. I just I think when you think of notable tight ends over the last 10 years. I don't know how you don't include Jason Witten's name. Uh, that, that would be the one name that was left off the list that I think should have been on there. Now, I, I still kind of – I think they got it right. I think Kelsey and Gronk, at least in the 2010s era – I think they were better than, than Witten in the 2010s era. Now, if you're talking about over the span of a career, Witten's numbers will stack up next to any tight end in, in NFL history, really, uh, in yeah. the way that he's been able to dominate and kind of redefine. The no, keeping it in, in this context. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair, Kyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. That's a good point. But within the, the 2010 era and within the, the decade, I think it absolutely, it, at least he's in the conversation. I think we all agree that he is, should at least be in there because you talk about some of those early 2010 teams for the Dallas Cowboys, and he was really the, the leader and one of the leaders, along with Tony and DeMarco and some of those other players like Dez, like you mentioned. And uh, he's he's right there in terms of that. Maybe if he would have won a Super Bowl during the 2010s, maybe there's another conversation that should be had there as well. But uh, – Right. Gronk and Kelsey both had a ring in the 2010s era, so it's a little bit different, I guess, moving forward. So, with that being said, oh, Rob is back. Hey, how's it going, Rob? Rob! Hey, guys. This hi, is, Rob. This is the, hi, this is the social distance life. I'm all set up, ready to go, and it shorts out on me. My iPad shorts out on me five seconds before we go on air, so I apologize, but I'm here. It's okay. conversation. I've been listening to the whole thing. Anything you want to uh-huh. add, Rob? <laughs> No, I think y'all covered it. I, I, one thing I would say about uh, Tyron and Zach getting this honor is I think it puts you on track, puts them on track to be in towards the Hall of Fame. I really do. Mm-hmm. And whether whether that happens for both, we'll see. Uh, but I did talk to somebody that's been involved in that Hall of Fame process before, and they they said, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to have a case if things keep going on this on this current track. Doesn't hurt that they're Cowboys. And if they could find a way to get a ring here in the next few years, that I, that always helps a quarterback's case more than anything. But I think I think you're talking about both guys in in consideration for the for that. I mean, Zach Martin's got a chance to be one of the greatest just pure offensive linemen ever to play. If he if he keeps on this track and he makes the Pro Bowl and the All Pro team every year of his career for 12, 13 years, however long he's going to play, I mean, man, that's that's going to be hard to argue. I think something on that too, Rob, real quick, is you were talking about how the rings help the quarterbacks. I think what helps these two is how many league-leading rushers they have protected for. DeMarco Murray, Zeke twice, and who knows how many more times he's going to have it. I think that's something that also helps them in terms of uh, whether or not they would have more likely a chance of being in that Hall of Fame for sure. 
Well, and not even just leading rushers, but now in this day and age of the NFL, how about leading passers? I mean, you look at what Dak Prescott put up numbers-wise last year, and a big reason why he had more success in the passing game. Now, they were down in games late, and they were 8-8, eight and eight, and there's that whole conversation to be had about what stats were put up, but he didn't get sacked as many times as he did in 2018. So I think you have that conversation of the offensive line last year was better than they were in 2018. Now, Travis Frederick, no Travis Frederick. We'll see what that ends up doing in 2020. But at least the conversation about leading passers, these quarterbacks, you've had Tony Romo and now Dak Prescott that have been blocked for by both Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. And they've both been leading quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think they deserve a little bit of credit for that as well. But uh, we're going to move on here, and I've got a quick little game that I want to play with you guys before we take our first break. And we've, I've got four positions here, and we can take as long or, or not on, the, on each one of these positions. It could be really quick. But I want to do a trending up and trending down. And basically over the course of the offseason, we've talked about the, the respective moves that the Cowboys have made. We've talked about some of the additions that they've had on both sides of the football but we're getting into the point where now we're potentially getting into off-season programs, depending on when everything plays out with COVID-19 and the pandemic. And then also, not to mention the NFL draft is just over two weeks away. So we're going to see a lot of talent added to this roster before we even really get into practices. So I've got four positions trending up, trending down, and I want each of your opinions on this. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball and tight end. We just bit mentioned Jason Witten. At the moment, he has been lost, and he will leave the Dallas Cowboys as opposed to adding Blake Bell. Is this a trending up or a trending down for the tight end position? And I'm, I'm talking about the, the position as a whole because you've got to kind of give in and uh, give that opportunity to Blake Jarwin as tight end one now. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say trending up, especially with the addition of Blake Bell. We talked about him last week and just what he's gonna do for the Cowboys in the blocking uh, in the blocking scheme. And so um, I think that was a quality addition. I, I don't think the Cowboys have finished uh, adding depth to the tight end position. I, I know that it's going to be uh, very competitive uh, behind. Uh, Behind Blake Jarwin, you know, just knowing that they want to make sure that they have, you know, at every position, but especially at tight end, they solidify those guys that can do a lot of different things, not only block, but also catch. And so Blake Bell, again, that's we're going to say we're trending up because of the addition of Bell. I agree. At the very least, this is adding some competition that we haven't seen at this position in the last couple of years because Jason Witten has been there and he's held that spot. He's been the starter and I think this is exciting for Blake Jarwin to kind of step into that front runner spot while still getting some competition in this position that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Uh, I'm going to say trending down at the moment with a chance to trend up. We have not seen Blake Jarwin with this many snaps and you can argue that he should have had a lot more but with young players sometimes they thrive in a certain amount of plays and you don't want to give them too much. I think he's he's got a chance in his career to grow and become a starter, but we just haven't seen it. And, and just to me, I know Jason Witten was 37. I know that, that he's lost some of the things that he could do after the catch and just explosiveness that just comes with, with age. But losing him both as a locker room presence and what he could still do for you in situations – uh, underneath routes, things like that. I, I think that's going to be missed as well as the blocking. And we just we haven't seen Blake Bell do it. We haven't seen Blake Jarwin do it yet. So until I see it on the field, I'll say without Witten right now, trending down. But 
obviously they like Jarwin's potential, and I think he's got potential and talent, so there's a chance to trend up here. And I think that's a great point on Rob's part because if you talk about Blake Jarwin last year, he wasn't a starter, yes, because Jason Witten has that that tenure and he has that experience around him, but it's also because Jarwin was a little bit of a liability in the blocking game. And so now if you're talking about yards after catch and you're talking about experience in terms of or explosiveness in terms of catching the football, I think you are upgrading at the position, whether it's Blake Bell or Blake Jarwin. But I think overall, you're going to have to see exactly what Bell could bring to the blocking game, maybe for the running game. It it just kind of depends on what he's able to do. And if Blake Jarwin ends up blossoming into the type of receiving tight end that you think he could end up being moving forward. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. And I've got three positions here, most notably just because there's been more additions on that side of the football so far. But we'll start with corner. And this one is a little bit easier because you lost. Byron Jones, you add Maurice Kennedy, and then you re-sign Anthony Brown. So there's a, an added emphasis on corner, but I'm going to throw this in there just to just to, to kind of make it different. Let's say they pick a corner at 17 in the first round of the draft. Is there an upgrade there, or is it still a downgrade with Byron Jones leaving? I still think it's a trend down situation for now because you're younger and you're less experienced. Um, and, and to your point, Kyle, at this point, you're trying to just tread water before the draft. You know, I think Kennedy mm-hmm. is a guy that can step in and help you, especially on special teams. I think they feel good about that. And that's important to add a guy like that to help because that was a problem for them last year, especially in the coverage units and on field goals. But um, yeah, I mean, losing Byron <laughs> Jones, it hurts. I think. You can now. What you can do with that is is be able to spread out your money in different ways, uh, where that salary would have gone. So in the long run, it can maybe help your depth overall. But you've got to find a way to, to you know, fill, fulfill that spot. Now maybe Jordan Lewis steps up and becomes more of a a big time player for him. Maybe the coaching, maybe the change in the coaching with the secondary coaching can help. But they've got to find a way to create more turnovers. I know Byron Jones. That was a knock on him for that. Uh, but he was their best corner, the most productive player, most consistent guy, and they have they have yet to, for sure, fill that role. Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything Rob just said. For me, this is still trending downward. I think a big part of it for the reason it could move upwards is depending on who they draft. I mean, mm-hmm. the Cowboys struggled with interceptions, but more than that, like Rob just said, Byron Jones, it was his coverage. Teams didn't even want to throw to him, and that's a huge loss. Um, at cornerback and so I just I don't know how confident I feel quite yet that we the Cowboys have someone who can replace Jones and his uh, production level quite yet yeah we're all in we're all in agreement on this I, I feel like that the cornerback position we have not there's so many intangibles basically uh, the guys did not prove that with I mean and then you take Jones out of the equation uh, and with the younger guys I just don't feel comfortable with them I don't trust uh, what we've done even in free agency uh, at Kennedy like you said uh, is it more of a special teams addition uh, than anything else we have to approach the draft with trying to uh, get that 
get that cornerback or get that that yeah, to get that cornerback that we know that we can trust on one side of the ball or still in free agency, uh, get that cornerback that we know that we can trust and let the other guys do their thing in nickel and dime packages. But right now, we that's one of our weaker areas. When you start looking at where we are, and, and hypothetically, if the season started today, these guys would be starting. That that would be you know these guys would be what we would have. And you know I don't know how I trust a rookie coming into yeah. a guy we tra- we trust we get a cornerback in the in the draft I don't trust it it don't matter if he played in the SEC Big 12 no matter what the NF- this NFL level is going to be completely different and one of the any of those deficiencies that the new guys come in with they're going to be picked apart so again I think we still have to try to solidify the cornerback position with a veteran uh, even if we do go in and, and get a guy in the draft which I'm sure we will yeah and, I think and you know that's a good, go ahead Tom go for it Rob well, that's a good point by Heck because I'm trying to think back of uh, to young corners that the Cowboys have drafted and, and have they had immediate impacts. And I mean, my first year covering this team, Terrace Newman was pretty good. He was a top five pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know, when they drafted Cheeto and Jordan and Xavier Woods, it, it took them a little time. You know, it took them mm-hmm. towards the end of the season to get playing time, and I think they kind of took ownership of that secondary the last month of the season. But obviously, that was there was a progression that needed to take place, and, and you're right about the next the next level there. So, but I, I do fully expect them to address this position in the draft. If they don't, I'd be really surprised, and they'll probably get a good player that can help them out. But right off the bat, it's 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 hard to say that they're going to be you know markedly better or the same level that they were last year. But when you're addressing the pass rush in the front seven like they're doing in the last week or two, maybe that's that's the way to offset it a little bit. I think it does offset it, but I still think going into the draft and covering this team and covering the draft at the same time, I don't really see a scenario where they don't take multiple corners. I think they're going to double dip at the corner spot just solely based on the contract situation. I mean, you've got Cheeto and uh, Jordan Lewis both up after next year. There's a lot of holes in that that cornerback room whenever you talk about uh, moving forward, especially even past 2020. So sticking with the secondary, let's go to safety. And this one's a little bit interesting because I think it could go either way. You lost Jeff Heath, you add HaHa Clinton Dix, and now Xavier Woods is also back in that secondary as well. But is this a trend up or trend down for safety overall? And this is before the draft without any draft picks even being mentioned. I think I'm going more trending down right now. I think Mm. Jeff Heath, I know, I think, I just think Jeff Heath was a really good tackler. um, And the GOAT, he was the GOAT, right? I mean, yes. (laughs) All right, David Hellman. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, he was the GOAT. I mean, still to the leadership. I mean, he was one of the captains and he's been here for so long. And I just, I don't know that HaHa Clinton Dix is as strong of a tackler. Um, for people that are watching, I know Bucky Brooks is our new uh, staff writer who is a scout, wrote something uh, really good about kind of a, assessing HaHa Clinton Dix's play. Um, and I, I just don't know that this has really increased their depth at safety enough after losing Jeff Heath. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say trending up. Uh, for the safety position, I mean, haha, Clinton Dix over Jeff Heath, I think is for me is a no-brainer uh, as far as an upgrade at the position. I think his range that Clinton Dix has, I mean, that I believe that that's. 
that's going to be apparent immediately uh, as far as the athleticism uh, that Clinton Dix is going to bring to that defense. And so there, I mean, the strong safety, you know, Xavier Woods, all of that, I think that the combination of that both, I think both of them together, it will be an upgrade for the Cowboys. I'm with Heck. I th- I'll say trending up, and that's not a knock on the goat, man, because I think he was under. <laughs> and then I'm not knocking the goat either, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, I think he was underrated in Dallas. I think I think fans gave him too much crap for some certain plays that happened, but I think they'll miss him, especially on special teams. And 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 to Danny's point, I mean, he he was solid in certain areas at safety, no question. But I don't think Haha is just a box safety. I, I from what I've watched of him, I think. He does have range. I think he's got 12 career picks. They need more of that. They need more of guys ball hawking, trying to get turnovers. And obviously, I think McCarthy knowing him will help maybe put him in the right spots to be successful. I, I, I like this pickup a lot. I think so as well. I mean, it's in a low-risk scenario. I mean, it's one one year, $4 million. And then at the same time, you, you look at – you look at on tape, he's versatile. He's a little bit more of a guy you could throw back as a free safety if you really wanted to. Uh, as a veteran in the league, he also could bring some experience to a young secondary with Cheeto and, and Jordan and Woods and everybody there. But also, I, I, I'm a little bit worried, and I see where Danny's coming from saying trending down, just because on tape it looks like Ha Clinton Dix has a couple of moments where he's a little afraid to tackle, and and I don't think Jeff Heath ever had ever had that issue. It was uh, more of overselling than underselling. So uh, it's it's interesting. I would probably at the moment stick with trending up, but I it, it's teetering right on that edge, and I think it could go either way. Okay, final one before we take our first break: defensive line. And I'm going to lump in edge rushers and defensive tackles together because they've added Alden Smith, Dontari Poe, Gerald McCoy. And at the moment, they've lost Michael Bennett, Robert Quinn, Malik Collins. Is this a trending up or trending down on the defensive line? Kyle, that's not fair. It's tough. <laughs> this is this is that by is far the one fair. that I have. I Why is have, it not fair? Because it's two answers. That defensive tackle, you have you're trending up. You've got bigger guys, <laughs> which I think goes more to the new coaching staff that's and the teams that's that we're going to see bigger them tackles. Together, but then, so so I think defensive tackle would be trending up, and defensive end is way down. I mean, yeah. you lost Robert <laughs> Quinn to free agency. It's like all, all the way at the bottom. You lost Robert Quinn to free agency, who was the team sack leader last year, and so. We still don't know what's going to happen with Tyrone Crawford. He had two hip surgeries, mm-hmm. so we don't know what his production level is going to be. We don't know if Randy Gregory is going to be reinstated. He didn't play last year. And the Cowboys just signed Alden Smith, who hasn't played in four seasons, who also has not been reinstated. And he was great uh, when he was playing, and he played with Jim Tom Sula in San Francisco, the Cowboys' new defensive line coach. But I don't know how you don't miss a beat when you haven't played in so long. And I think that right side, okay, I've, I've come to my, my answer, Kyle. I think that okay. right side is still so much of a loss that it is overpowering what you have gained at tackle. So for me, mm-hmm. defensive line is trending down. I came to my wow. answer. There you go. See, it's fair. Rob, you want me to go? Go ahead, heck. All you right. Got something well, cooking. I, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, look, I'm going to say trending up. And the reason I say trending up, obviously, Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, that's, that's a no-brainer. We still have Tank Lawrence, all right? I mean, I said this a couple of weeks ago, man. He was long-ranger with No Tonto a couple of weeks ago, and now he's got a, a few of them now. Um, the Alden Smith edition, and even with the questions with Crawford, um, look, I just feel like, honestly, Alden Smith is going to be a, a player that you're going to rotate. He's not going to be your guy that's going to be in there every play. And this, and this whole defensive line, this defensive front, has got these guys are going to have limited snaps. Uh, it's true. I mean, if you have someone that's, you know, you'd have to be sleeping under a rock to not know some of the struggles that Alden Smith has had. But if you watch him out coming out of Missouri and the, the career that he, his college career he had in his first two years uh, in San Francisco, the kid was all world. I mean, and. You know, look, a guy, he's had his struggles. We've, we've seen what has happened. But this contract that he's, he's gotten, I mean, this, this is, could be a great redemption story uh, for Alden Smith. I mean, but he's going to have to prove it. Everything that's in his contract is saying that he doesn't have nothing. He's not going to get anything easy. I mean, if he spills a cup of coffee at the star, he may get cut. I don't know. I'm just telling you that this is a situation where, you know, and a, a lot of people have opinions about, this signing, I mean, there are a lot of naysayers, a lot of people that don't believe that Alden Smith should have been given this second chance. But I really look at the in totality and seeing that, look, a guy like him, and you know that just knowing based off of this addition that the Cowboys are going to play that inverted 4-3-3-4 defense. Alden Smith in that bicycle stance coming from the outside, being able to spell either Tank Lawrence or on the right side, he's going to give us some reps. If he can give us, if Alden Smith can be 70%, of what he was four years ago, it's going to work out perfectly for the Cowboys, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to help these other guys implement this new system. I just don't even know yeah. how realistic that is. We nobody, nobody really does, and so that's the thing. I mean, there are guys. And even when we start talking about Randy Gregory, you talk about the games that Randy Gregory has played, and then the, the suspensions. A lot of people are more, more, they're anticipating Randy Gregory over this and um, over the Alden Smith signing. But it's probably one A, one B because of the talent that Alden Smith has. You, you definitely have to be excited about him as a player as well if you're excited about Randy Gregory. It's an interesting signing. We've seen them make a signing like this before in the past with guys that have had off-the-field issues, and they've had mixed results with it. But it's unfair, I think, heck, to to lump guys all together. You know, I think Alden Smith's case is, is, is his own case, his own situation yep. that he's had in the past. And I think it does help having Jim Tom Sula here because the Cowboys, unlike moves they've made in the past with guys that have had some baggage, they know they know him. They know him personally and they know his story, and I think that helps. And the other thing is Rob Davis, the assistant head coach that they've hired, interesting hire because he's not an X's and O's coach. He's a player developmental guy exactly. that Mike McCarthy trusts. And I think that's, that's a really interesting hire. The Cowboys also have their own good people in that role that will be helpful for Randy Gregory, Alvin Smith, if they get reinstated. So there are question marks, and that's why I'm tempted to say it's trending down because you're – to Danny's point, I mean, you're losing a guy that got you 11 and a half sacks last year, and you really haven't replaced that. If Tyrone Crawford comes back healthy, you know, I'm such a fan of his versatility, I th I'd feel a lot better. Um, I do think they're trending up from where they were three weeks ago, but there still are question marks. And, and I think it may, it may take having more of a middle rush, rush up the middle with the guys that they've acquired in McCoy and Poe. Can they help the pass rush that way? 
from from flushing quarterbacks out of the pocket from that middle rush. Um, yep. and, and we've talked about the size inside trying to stop the run, but I will say Carolina struggled against the run last year. I'm not saying that's all on those two guys, um, but there, there were some, some problems in Carolina's run defense. So, I mean, there just are enough question marks to make you feel like it's trending downward. If everything falls into place, I think we might see a real trending up situation because I know to Hex point and what people have said in the media, they're calling Alden Smith, it's like a – it's like a lottery ticket. If he comes back and he's mm-hmm. he's what he was five years ago on a no-guarantee type salary, man, you really might have something here. Oh, I'm so hopeful. To your point, Rob, if Tyron Crawford's able to come back, if Randy Gregory's able to come back, Kyle, you know a lot about this. There's a lot of really good pass rushers in mm-hmm. this draft, too. So I think there's a chance for this to really turn around. But if we're talking right now today, I would say trending down but hopeful. I like that because uh, no doubt about it, there's there's depth that's being added, whether it's at the defensive tackle spot or pending the reinstatement of Randy Gregory and then Alden Smith as well. So plenty to talk about whenever you talk about the defensive line. We've gone a little bit long. We're going to step aside, take our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll have a conversation about the NFL offseason. Of course, the draft now officially being all virtual. What does that mean for the Cowboys and moving forward? We'll talk about it next here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. Here we go, straight into segment number two here on Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Danny Sarek, and Rob Phillips here on this Tuesday morning. And, of course, the NFL draft coming up, and it's all going to be virtual. And, 
Well, you can go ahead and prepare for that all-virtual draft guide because you're going to need it more than ever. With the 2020 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Draft Guide, over 320 college players listed. An exciting new look. The guide includes all the information and analysis that you need to cover the Cowboys and to keep up with the Cowboys during the upcoming draft. You can go online and get your digital copy for $4.95 right now, which is pretty crazy with writing from all of your favorites at DallasCowboys.com. You can find more at DallasCowboys.com forward slash star. So go check out the draft magazine. It's a ton of fun. I was reading through it this past weekend. So, oh, thanks, Heckma. You're the best, man. Uh, But talking about that draft, and and there was news that broke yesterday that teams had been informed by the league and by the commissioner that they should be able to or be ready to – conduct their draft process fully virtual. So ultimately, it makes it into your fantasy draft, which is like you having your fantasy draft with a bunch of buddies, except there's millions of dollars involved in, you know, actually real lives and being changed in the moment. So it's a little bit different than your fantasy draft, but ultimately, you're going to be remote. You're going to be making these picks. And Rob, we're going to start with you just from being around this process before. Oh, Rob, we lost Rob. So... No, we're going to start with Heckma instead. How about this, Heckma? Looking at the NFL draft overall, what is going to be so different about the fact that it's so virtual? Because you're not even going to have war rooms. You're going to have the war zooms to be around. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the once all of that, the NFL sent the email out about you know everyone being virtual uh, for the draft. I, I immediately was thinking about the uh, special that uh, NFL Network did on or ESPN did on Mike McCarthy and his year off from football and basically mm-hmm. he and his guys getting together and basically doing everything from a virtual standpoint. I think that's a strong suit uh, for him and his guys because they've kind of already lived in that world, um, but. It's going to come down when you start looking at across the NFL. You're really it's going to be a telltale sign about those GMs and scouting departments that don't have that synergy, that are not together on their draft picks. They're they're struggling right now because there may be from one through ten some things that happen that may completely shake up the draft because of this whole virtual world that we're in. And so, I mean, it's a it's a new world, and I know that for guys that have not been used to. Being able to uh, go out and see uh, these guys, like all the pro days were canceled. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you talk about you know guys that underperformed because they were nervous at the combine and not able to kind of reassert themselves in their pro day, and everything kind of being you know virtual. Everyone going on and skyping, and uh, and it's like this swipe to the left kind of technology system that the coaches are having to use in order to find players. Now, I really think this is going to be a very interesting ride. Coming uh, draft day. I think the ramifications of all of this have already started. I mean, heck, you just mentioned it. The scouts have not been able to have pro days. They haven't been able to have these visits at the facilities. And not only players who might have been a little nervous at the Senior Bowl or the Combine, but what about those players who weren't even invited to either of them, who were really yeah. looking forward to these pro days? I mean, this is really just going to put the scouting department making sure that they have been doing their work all year really focusing on the film and just having to over communicate about what they have seen uh, from this point on and we've already seen on the Dallas Cowboys social media that they are conducting some interviews over uh, like video calls on their computer Um, when it cuts to the draft specifically I think about all the logistics Um, I think about someone's 
computer freezing or their internet not working or when they're having to get on the phone to uh, to offer trades and, and figuring things out and you've got 20 people in a war room, you can see when someone's talking, but then what if there's a lag and then everyone's talking over each other? I just, I worry that not even for the Cowboys, but for every team, it's just gonna be a bunch of chaos. So uh, I'm sure having these uh, video conferences that the scouting department is doing with the coaching staff or these interviews is also kind of helping them figure out um, a little bit of like chemistry on these video calls, but it's also just really sad. I mean, I love seeing the emotions on the family members when these players get called and you watch them walk up to the stage. And it, it, it's just, it's really sad that, um, I mean, it, it makes sense. There's really nothing that can be done otherwise, but it, it does make me sad that these rookies will have um, that experience kind of taken from them. Yeah, Danny, yeah. You, you're spot on with that. When you say it, I mean, because I've been watching the draft for so long when it's in Radio City Music Hall and, and you see these guys and their family members are all huddled around them. And it's just an, an exciting moment for me as a guy that just, just loves football, knowing that guys' lives are, have been forever changed by being drafted. And I love seeing that. I love seeing the reactions from sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers, you know, and it's exciting. But I also think that, you know, this is the greatest league in the world, and the NFL is going to find a way to make this, you know, as intimate as it has been all of these years with, with the families now being in their home setting and being with their loved ones and being able to still enjoy it. Like you said, all of this is going to be relying on technology and just with the new world that we live in look guys our sh this show has been changed i'm in my living room <laughs> you know we're doing this so everyone's trying to adjust and i think for the greater good we understand why this is happening and this is probably one of the you know probably the most unique draft scenario that we've ever situation that we've ever seen but i know that guys are still going to be excited but you talk about the general managers and the scouting departments these guys are going to have to be on the same page and making these decisions in real time, no matter what. And so, yeah, if someone's feed, I mean, you got to know that, you know, AT&T is going to have the broadband going directly to Jerry and everybody <laughs> else. We, we're not, hey, the Cowboys are not going to have any problem with our feed. We're going to make sure that we get that taken. I don't know about everybody else, but we're going to be fine uh, with our internet. But that's a shameless plug for AT&T. But, guys, look, it's just... It's just one of those things. This is a new reality that we live in. And so, again, I think that the divide is going to happen with those general managers and scouting departments that may not be on the same play page and coaching staffs that may not be on the same page. We are blessed to have Will, M Will, Will McClay, excuse me, I was going to say McCoy, mm -hmm. Will McClay uh, <laughs> and Stephen Jones. You know, these guys have been working together through countless, you know, through these drafts and they, ha they, they have, they operate with the same mind. They know exactly what they want and Coach McCarthy has already voiced to these guys what it is that he's looking for. So even like you said also, Danny, I'm, I'm skipping around because you made a great point about free agent signings. Those pro days being canceled and teams going in. You may go in looking at one guy and at a position and then you see a whole another guy you know that wasn't on mm -hmm. your radar so all of those things being said a lot of these guys have had to do their homework double time to make sure that they get it right well and you even talk about a new coaching staff and the logistics being involved kind of tying your two points together danny you're talking about the logistics i mean is mike mccarthy gonna have to click the the raise the hand function on the 
on the video call in order to have his input yeah. with Jerry and Steve in there? Like, are, are these legitimate things? It's funny to think about because you're going to just have to click the little hand that's on the, the video call. But how much input are these coaching staffs going to have? Because in the past, usually the, the scouting staff brings it to the table, and you've had picks that have been influenced by coaches. I mean, we go back to last year with Tristan Hill. I mean, that was a Rod Marinelli pick, and it was his guy. It was who he wanted to, to snag. And you talk about the same thing this year. If the, your coaches have the, these guys, these scouting staffs have been around them much longer. They've seen them much more up close. And you guys mentioned the list a little bit earlier. There's three names that we know they've talked to, Jalen Hurts and Zach Bond. So Jalen Hurts, the quarterback from Oklahoma, Zach Bond, the linebacker slash edge rusher from Wisconsin, who they have posted videos of interviewing. And then I was confirmed on another source that Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor, has had constant conversation with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. So there's only a couple of players that we know they've talked to. It's all a guessing game in terms of who they're going to end up taking, who they're looking at, what they're specifically trying to find, whether, whether it comes to 17 or even later in the draft. So I think that disconnect may be there between the media and the Cowboys, but I'm worried that maybe there might be a little bit of a disconnect between the coaching staff being a new coaching staff and also the front office as well. But also kind of keeping with this conversation we've only got a couple more minutes before we need to take our second break but one final question here and rob is back thanks for rob hey rob joining us glad you're back with us hey, buddy hey if um, my has anything like y'all's pre uh, the pre-draft coverage the draft coverage on draft weekend the cowboys are in trouble because <laughs> <laughs> no rob please you're not getting rob, you will not be included in that draft video call <laughs> we can't have jerry's webex going out on him you know what i mean sorry oh, that would be that would be rough now this is a good question for Rob, honestly, because we're talking about this NFL offseason, and yesterday was supposed to be the start of the offseason programs for individual teams that have had new coaching staffs and new head coaches. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy would have been underway yesterday, but instead an email was sent out to the respective teams talking about the dead period and during this COVID-19 virus that players are not allowed at the club facility. Now, there are individual workouts that are being had, being led by personal trainers. There's still conversations in coaching that have been had. There's coaching or instructional voiceovers or audio content. You've got superimposed diagrams, schematics, and written commentary that can be sent and discussed throughout these players and these coaching staffs. But it's kind of on pause. It's put the offseason on pause, and it takes that advantage away. Rob, what does this do for a new coaching staff, the fact that normally you would have this head start, but now it seems like that's been evaporated? It's tough. It's tough, and it's like you said, the NFL is trying to level the playing field for everybody just like they are with the draft because in the draft there may be certain pockets in the United States that don't have uh, as many problems with COVID-19, but that's, I guess it's a competitive advantage if you're allowed certain teams to be back in their facility. So same thing here. I think according to that memo that was obtained by ESPN, it's you're calling it pre, uh, phase zero uh, before mm-hmm. phase one, which is usually just strength and conditioning work for each team. I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's a tough situation for Mike McCarthy because he wants to hit the ground running. Uh, after that phase one, you're able to do some on-field work with your, with your players, not on a separates basis, not offense versus defense. He's not able to do that. I think you know it's a disadvantage for any new coaching situation in the NFL. The teams having to wait for this to clear up, and hopefully it clears up as soon as possible. 
Um, I, I, I think if and when this thing gets resolved and we're able to get back to work and, and, the, and the Cowboys are able to get back into the star, I assume that advantage goes away and, and every, every team just hits the ground running at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try to pack in as much off off-season work as you can. Now, remember, the Cowboys are supposed to get, if they choose to, a second mini camp. But again, we just don't know how much time they potentially could have before the start of training camp. There's just so many unknowns right now. Uh, what's interesting to me, and you know, when this is all over, and God forbid, hopefully it's over as soon as possible. In the yeah. future, I wonder if the, the NFL might move towards. You know, pushing back the offseason or at least allowing a ramp up to training camp instead of this month off and then players who have been building towards training camp, they don't have, you know, that five weeks away and then they got to get back to work in pads. I think that's hard on players. Maybe that's going to be something that changes down the road. We'll see. But to answer your question, yeah, I think it's a disadvantage for the Cowboys, especially having a new coaching staff. Yeah, the new normal, the new normal is changed. All of this is going to be put up for consideration, how we do OTAs, minicamps, leading into two-a-days as well. But the, the bummer for me, man, is that Dallas Day was canceled, where you had your local mm-hmm. guys, your, your guys from the, the Metroplex that would come in uh, to you know, to the facility and get interviewed. I mean, and you talk about Texas being that high school hotbed and guys going on to play in college that are from the Metroplex that Metroplex that have dreamed of playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I read a, a story from Mike Fisher on 105.3 The Fan outlining how uh, they moved Connor Williams' interview to that Dallas day. And so uh, that he didn't fill up one of those other spots where they were having for visitation. Because, again, guys, everybody in the NFL get these visits, get only so many visits from players. Uh, but they do have that Dallas day, which is different for a lot of other cities because of the talent that we have right around here. So that's, again, I think that's one of those things that's kind of a bummer uh, because of what's going on with COVID-19. But, Rob, you're absolutely correct, man. A lot is going to be changed, and the NFL is going to have to be forward-thinking from now on with the way that they schedule a lot of these minicamps and even two-a-days. That's, you mentioned Connor Williams. I think Jay Ajayi was a guy that they brought in on Dallas Day, too, who could have easily been one of your national mm-hmm. visits in the past. And you're right. That those in-person meetings are just—they're just critical, you know. Not only from a medical standpoint, but just to get to know guys better. It's just—it's yep. just hard. We're learning. It's hard to do things virtually, and I guess every team's dealing with it. But that's just the way it is. I do wonder with the draft if they're going to maybe—it's going to be difficult, or maybe you're going to see teams take less chances on guys with red flags, either whether it's off the field or with medical checks. Maybe that's something where maybe you're, you operate a mm-hmm. little bit more cautiously in the draft this year. And it could end up benefiting or hurting the Cowboys in that sense whenever you talk about some of the players that are available. Javon Kinlaw being a guy who's Uh had some knee tendonitis issues at 17 is one of those that is potentially in that conversation. But we'll continue this conversation. It's ever-forming, ever-changing really at the moment, much like a lot of things in our world nowadays. But uh, we will continue talking about that later. But we're going to step aside when we come back. We'll take a look at some of the trending topics that have surrounded the Cowboys over the past week and hit that up before we wrap up this edition of Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. Final segment here on Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans, Danny Sarek, Heckma Harrison, and Rob Phillips. And before we dive in on some of the trending topics, I want to tell you about Main event, virtual birthdays. Now, of course, this is being the 60th anniversary of the Dallas Cowboys. They've been celebrating, and the party doesn't have to stop just because we're all virtual, guys. It, it can continue on, and I know there are plenty of virtual birthdays out there coming up, one including myself. I'm going to have a quarantine birthday coming up in the next couple of weeks. But, I hope I'm invited. like I said, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, we'll have a Zoom party or something, but we'll also <laughs> celebrate with main event. They have on Instagram each day a birthday with me at 2 p.m. on their Instagram stories. They've got cakes and candles, happy birthday, everything that you need. So I'm absolutely going to hit up main event. So follow main event on Instagram. Tune into their live story every day at 2 o'clock Central Time each day to celebrate with the other ones that are also having birthdays in that specific day. So main event virtual birthdays doing a really cool thing, kind of celebrating even those uh, who have some quarantine birthdays coming up. So I'm going to take advantage of that whenever that day comes around. But we've got about five minutes left here, and there's some topics that happened over the past week that we need to talk about. And this first one, I don't want to put a ton – originally I didn't want to put a ton of information behind just because I thought it was kind of not – an okay thing it was just kind of annoying to me honestly on a personal level because Rex Ryan against Amari Cooper this past week on ESPN came out and talked about Amari Cooper about how he had kind of quit on the team how he was a disappearing act threw out some names as well but wanted to kind of get your your opinions on this guys because I I've personally thought it was just kind of it was a little bit out there for me to, to really kind of put some substance behind it, but wanted to get your opinion on what Rex Ryan ended up saying and, and how you think Amari should respond. This, 
I was not a fan of this. I don't think many people, even non-Cowboys fans, were a fan of this. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to go uh, into into a long rant about this. But basically, uh, Rex was going after Amari's character. It's you know I think it's one thing if you go and you say look where was he on the road this year he he wasn't performing as well as he has in years past and that's true he was playing through a ton of lower body injuries throughout the season but to go after Amari Cooper's character was just wrong and if anyone I mean I'm sure I'm speaking for all of us here Amari Cooper is one of the most polite he is one of the most well-mannered professional people in that Cowboys locker room even after those games where he did not perform well the the, the games where he would leave he left the game after the first play what was that the Jets game I mean mm-hmm. every time he was in the locker room he was talking to the media and he was answering every question and he is a very very smart person on and off the field and so just for Rex Ryan to go after Amari's character was just so false from everything that I've at least experienced with him and so I I was just not a fan of going after him like that yeah well hey uh, yeah man I just want to say you know Jim Levitt and Bob Stoops taught me at Kansas State man you have to have thick skin because man in film sessions you would get called everything except for a child of God so these guys have grown (laughs) up under scrutiny you know from coaches and everybody around in the community And, and look man you have to take things in their proper context as well I mean Rex Ryan is from the loins of Buddy Ryan. And so, mm-hmm. look, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, I mean, I expected for something like this and to come from Rex Ryan. I wasn't surprised. And, and man, when you talk about the new competitive uh, atmosphere of sports broadcasting, everyone is struggling for their ratings, ESPN, Fox, all of them. So, they're trying to face, they're trying to fight for headlines and get things to, to stream and go, you know, things to go viral. And it worked for Rex Ryan. I mean, they had 4.3 million views for him calling uh, you know, Mar- Amari Cooper out of his name. But let me tell you something, man. If Rex Ryan was a defensive coordinator in the NFL today, you know what he'd do? He would roll coverage towards the same guy that he's talking about because Amari right, Cooper yeah. is an apex wide receiver. I mean, there aren't a lot of guys that's over the top of Amari Cooper. And so Amari Cooper has played at a high level for a number of years. And you talk about a guy that handles everything with class, you know, and look, when that whole thing came out about Amar- what Rex Ryan said, I envisioned Amari Cooper was shopping online for new turtlenecks, man. He's not worried about nothing. <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm saying this because I'm telling you, Amari Cooper's stadium walk is mean. This guy has that, you know, that those suits, man, made out of that yoga material with it. Boy, I'm telling you, he's clean every time he walks <laughs> to the stadium. So I don't care about any of that, man. Every, we know what we have with Amari Cooper, and you can call him whatever you want to, but call him a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw that he was Rex Ryan was trending on Twitter, I kind of rolled my eyes and thought, well, that's what he wanted. He wanted to trend, mm-hmm. and he did. And he got it. Uh, he, yeah. he did. He did. He did apologize, which was absolutely necessary. And look, I mean, Amari told us the day after the season ended, I need to be more consistent, and that's mm-hmm. true. If you look at his home road splits last year, they're a mystery. You know, I think there were times when I watched him, and I'm thinking he's not healthy. He's not. He's not getting off the line of scrimmage. I'm. I'm. I'm just staring at him from the press box, just watching him off the line of scrimmage, and there's not the burst that you're used to seeing. I think also he just he wasn't as consistent as he needs to be for whatever reason. So there's some validity in terms of they need more out of him because he's such a good player. He's one of their best players. Uh, but yeah, it went way over the line. And I'm I like heck, I'm not surprised considering the source. But you still can't say things like that. You can criticize a player's play, but you can't go over that line. 
But that's that's the world. That's where we live, guys. Guys are trolling you. Things are happening all the time. And, you know, for Rex Ryan, it worked out perfectly. Uh, I mean, you it happens all the time when you're watching these these shows. These media guys are crossing the line with players calling them things. And, and look, man, it's, it's uncalled for, right? But at the same time, it does not take away from the fact that Amari Cooper is special. He is special, and even Rex Ryan knows that if he was on the same field and had guys on the same field, he wouldn't leave those guys man-to-man versus Amari Cooper. So he knows what his DNA is. And, and, and just taking it in the proper context, he was talking about everyone else receiving contracts besides Dak Prescott. That's what the whole premise and the question was asked to him. But at the same time, he had no right to say that. Yeah, and, and speaking and of... Oh, he's gone up again. He's been I'm sorry, he's been productive against top corners. That was not accurate. Howard from Miami, Slay against Detroit. He's been productive that in that regard. I think what he was trying to say about being more productive on the road, I get that. He's right about that, but you can't you can't attack a guy's character. It's just ridiculous. Yes, sir. By no means. And we're gonna we've got one topic, and this is gonna be really quickly, but also trending on Twitter. Des Bryant working out with Dak Prescott. Now, they've had three separate workouts together. The last one happening, I believe, yesterday or the day before was including Ezekiel Elliott. Is there any real substance to this? Is there a legitimacy behind Dak Prescott working out with Des Bryant and then also reportedly Dak Prescott also saying that Des looks really good? I don't know how much Cowboys fans need to look into this. I mean, they, they're all they're all friends. They all play together. They all live locally, and Dez is wanting to prove that he is in shape, and Dak and Zeke are wanting to stay in shape. And so I think it's more just they're working out for each other, and everyone's posting you know videos. So it's look how good he looks. Look, I've said before, I have no problem bringing Dez in to see what he can do. Bring him in for a workout. Do I think that that's a realistic option for the Cowboys after signing Amari Cooper, liking what you've seen in Gallup, how much talent there is in this draft? No. But I don't. I, I think it's fun seeing them all, and I mean, this is the Cowboys. This is Des Bryant, of course. Any video of him within a, the six foot radius of him with another Cowboy is going to bring up this news. But I, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a, there's much behind this. Yeah, I love seeing it. I, I love seeing it. I love the you know that needs that was that's what needs to go viral is Dak throwing the Dez and you know look I I, I agree with you, Danny as well. It, it wouldn't be any harm in giving Dez an opportunity just to work out. If he has any juice, anything left in the tank, you know it would be a, another feel good story to see uh, Dez finish his, his career as a Dallas Cowboys. I mean, man, he was as explosive as anybody. And just seeing him from the beginning of those videos coming out, him showing him working out, you know, at first I was like, oh, my God, Dez looks so slow. But you've seen the progression as it's going. He's just getting better and better and stronger in those routes. But, again, he's running by himself. There's nobody standing in front of him giving him a bump or anything like that. So we really don't know the kind of shape he's in yet. I think Lance was Lance Lenore in that group too, working out. He was so. in one of the pictures. Yeah. So then, yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't read that much into it. It is what it is. I love Dez. I hope. I hope he gets back in the NFL. If it's not here, it's somewhere mm-hmm. else. I love his story all the way through his career with the Cowboys. Uh, but I think for the Cowboys, you've got to look at the draft right now and what could be available to you in the draft to help fill that slot role. That's that's your immediate need. Is who's going to replace Randall Cobb? and see what the draft presents, and then take a look at other options if you don't like what, what winds up coming out of the draft. But I think that should be their focus right now. And you know maybe Des gets an opportunity closer to training camp if there's normal training camp and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. I will give Dez a little bit of credit because compared to the videos that he was posting three or four months ago, he does look better. He looks like he's a little bit more in shape and he's finding his rhythm. But I will say the one thing that stuck out to me out of the videos that were on Twitter is the ball's popping out of Dak Prescott's hand. What? You see that? Yeah. Dak Prescott's looking. He's got got some velocity (laughs) on there. He's got a little extra mustard behind it. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, we were a solid distraction for you from your daily quarantine times. And hopefully, you'll join us again next week. Shows throughout the week here on DallasCowboys.com. But for now, for Rob Phyllis, for Danny Sarek, and for Heck Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans saying so long. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!